Spoilers. This is your host, Stevie. And with me, as always, is Pappy. Yeah, yeah. Ding dong. Yep. God, what a great song that is. And today, we have a very special app. We're going to keep it short, very to the point. And because Pappy and I are so ADD, we're going to wander off a lot of time. So don't get bored with us. But today, we are hosting Eurovision Song Contest The Story of Fire Saga? Is that right, Pappy? This, this title is so long. movie. A new movie in 2020. I don't care how long the title is. I'll sit through a title of a thousand words just to watch something new. Doesn't it feel good? It feels good. And I'm not going to lie. Even when we were able to go to the movie theaters, I enjoy a good Netflix release. Don't you? I do. Have you found, though, we're recording this in the heart of the first wave still of the pandemic. Have you found We, like, we never left it. We never left like it. Like when you watch stuff that's new. And there's not like social distancing, like for a split second, your brain's like, oh my God, no one's wearing masks at Eurovision. They're all going to get sick. Yeah, just for like a split second. Does that cross your mind? My brain goes to this place where, you know me, Pep, I'm a big concert guy. Me and my wife go to Lollapalooza almost every year. And mm-hmm. my brain goes to this place where I say, I'm never going to do that again. And when I see the crowds <laughs> at Eurovision, like song contest, I say... I doubt this will happen for at least three or four years. So what made you want to spoil this movie? Because like, uh, what was the last one that we did together? The, the Lodge. Lodge. Like, you're the brains behind the Stevie Pappy episodes. You just tell me where and when to show up and then what to watch. Well, you and I have been best friends for what? Let's see. We met when I think we were 11. We're going on almost, geez, 19 years now? Almost 20 years of almost best friendship. Almost 20 years of best friendship. That's a golden watch in best friendship time. We're almost there. But um, when I watch a movie, I think I know your movie taste. And I say, I think Pap will like this movie. And I'm, all, I'm always the guinea pig on these movies. I always watch the weird ones. <laughs> you watch the weird ones and you give me the thumbs up, thumbs down. That's kind of like how spoilers like started. We used to just like call each other after we'd go to the movies all the time. You remember those days? That was, uh, I think, uh, the- one of the first times I did that was when I, when I saw the first John Wick before it was popular. Mm-hmm. I called you after opening night and I said, you got to go watch this new Keanu movie. It's incredible. But yeah, um, I am excited to break this movie down. First off, how awesome is it? Because you and I grew up in the golden age of Will Ferrell and SNL. How awesome is it to see like a new, pretty good Will Ferrell movie? It's a relief. Like, let's just go back through his IMDb real quick. Like, what has he made? Like, Daddy's Home. Daddy's Home 2. Daddy's Home 2. Get Hard with Kevin uh, Kevin Hart. He reminds me a lot of Adam Sandler. Uh, my fiance and I were talking about this, where he had a definite golden age, and then he has a distinct drop-off from that golden age. Would you agree? Oh, I totally agree. And it's just like, I remember hearing about this movie a while ago, and it was like, I think it was supposed to go to theaters, which I probably, 
if I'm being honest, probably would not have seen in theaters had it not been recommended. It would have bombed hard if it was in theaters. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's kind of a relief it went to Netflix because like, I mean, let's be honest, as much as I love the theater, it's pretty cool to be able to like get home after work on a Friday and be like, there's a new Netflix movie, even if it's just, you know, a really good Will Ferrell movie or a shitty Chris Hemsworth movie, you know? I have no idea how the analytics of IMDb are calculated, but right now it's the number one most popular movie on IMDb. Is it really? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that correlates pretty well with like traditional box office returns, but this is such an untraditional time. Yeah, it, like things like this just have a whole life of their own. Uh, and like, like you mentioned before, it's, it's nice to see a Will Ferrell movie, but this movie is like distinctly a Will Ferrell movie. It's uh. It's him being his Will Ferrell self. And you said you think he'd get nominated for an Oscar. Do you do you still stand by that uh, for his performance? Not for his performance. For his singing. See, I don't know if they hand out Oscars for the people that record them or just the people that write them. But I have a feeling that Husevic, uh, sung by Will Ferrell and My Marianne, uh, is going to win Best Original Song of the Year, even if it does come from Netflix. Wouldn't that just be hilarious to like picture the... Oscar ceremony and they have to say Euro Eurovision Song Contest, the story, <laughs> story of Fire, of Fire Saga. Saga. Like it's just gonna be so long. I mean, I was thinking about this. Yeah, Husevic is definitely the song. We should play a little bit of that in the background right now, uh, and it just absolutely slaps. But it, it it seems to be better than like we do the Oscar music pod every year. It's better than a lot of songs that we do on that podcast. You know what I mean? We're pretty much yeah. experts on the on that on that field. I can say this is worthy of a nomination and like i hate to do this because it makes me a snob but here's my feeling on best original song if Uh, it's in the beginning credits or the end credits it should not count any best original song should be in the meat of the movie don't you agree i i go over the rules every year and there's no i don't think there's any guidance on what defines best original song but i think a component of that should be its placement in the movie. Like, like if you if, if the Beatles write like "Let It Be," and it happens to be at the beginning of the movie, it's like for an original song. Okay, that probably still deserves the Oscar, but like it should also matter if it's like an emotional moment like this in this movie, which is for a silly slapstick comedy. I get chills. It's so good. It's so. See, good. I got I got a little teary eye, but let's get into kind of the meat of this movie. Um, you're the most. Well-traveled person I know. Never Truly. been to Iceland, though. Never been so. to Island. I think it's called Island, isn't it? I, uh, I don't know. I, it's always fun when they have a cut. They had the World Cup run a few years ago. Like it that's seems, that's the closest thing I know to Iceland is when they had that the Euro run. It was at, at the Euros. At the Euros, and we and we talked about them way back on like episode four or something documentary. Now, like the first TV spoilers <laughs> we did, was they had the Al Capone day on that episode. Chicago. It's like you said. This is a movie that's probably tailored to my taste i i think that's probably why uh i i loved it so much that's, that's a big part of it and like yeah i love iceland stuff i love the element of the what are they elves right that's the mystical the mystical element of the elves elves is hysterical to me because mm-hmm. there's no like in between it's either you're pro elf or you're anti-elf mm-hmm. that's like that's what made me laugh so hard in this movie but I kind of disagree with you what you said earlier when you said that Will Ferrell was kind of being like his usual self. I thought Lars was actually 
like outside of Will Ferrell, I think I think Will Ferrell was actually playing a character in this movie. Also, okay, he 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 has an accent and he's playing a character, and that character has distinct motivations. I just mm-hmm. mean he's he's playing the usual character in that he is beyond the age of like a middle aged man living at home, and like <laughs> I don't know, like I I know it's supposed to be silly, but we've seen it so many times. Like at this point, my brain just kind of like wanders off. I'm like, you know, if a guy really lived at home like this and had these hobbies like he probably shouldn't just be left to fend on his own you know what i mean he probably needs a little bit of help like i don't i don't i don't know i mean is it he has a shtick right this is very much in his comfort zone this is definitely in the wheelhouse it's not like, it's not adam sandler uh on uncut gems you know what i mean no it's not that big of a departure this is you're right. This is kind of like a Swedish Brennan from Step Brothers. Uh, yes. Is that right? Uh, that's that's fair to say. Or not a Swedish, Icelandic. My mistake. Uh, I'm sorry. I've been watching too many Eurovision yeah. videos today. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely an Ice- Icelandic, Icelandic yeah. Brennan yeah. from Step Brothers. But how awesome is Pierce Brosnan in this movie? <laughs> Will Ferrell's dad. I'm not going to lie. For a guy in his late 60s, early 70s, he looks great. What's the actual age difference? Like, is it possible that Pierce Brosnan uh, Okay, be? so... Will Farrell, I believe, was born in California. Hmm. Uh, he did attend USC, after all. Okay, Pierce okay. Brosnan was born in '53. So not plausible. I mean, unless I mean it is. It's just unfortunate. Um, oh, <laughs> Will yeah. Farrell was born in '67. Yeah, that would be pretty quick. Fourteen. That'd be. Uh, I mean, it's happened, but that'd be definitely a life changer. I mean, but based on his character in the movie, like he seems to be like the, the joke is that he's just like has fucked everyone in town, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's half the kids are his. Yeah, half the kids uh, are his. Pacific is only a town of like twenty three hundred. <laughs> and and I think at one point, like towards the climax of the movie, it's or and maybe it's like in the pub, and it might be that guy who's like, "There's she's singing an Icelandic," but he says something. <laughs> To the effect of like you have kids all over this town and he's the only one that cares about you. And that's like <laughs> yeah. such a profoundly sad line on so many <laughs> levels. But and the best part is when Pierce Brosnan like lifts his glass of beer, like you got me there. Yeah, you got me there. I don't know. I, I thought Pierce Brosnan's performance it's actually pretty good because he's conveying a lot of like subtle uh approval or subtle disappointment. You know what I mean? He's he's a very reserved stoic person and that's kind of how i associate people from iceland yeah uh, yeah he was great yeah i mean the way this movie kind of shapes out is like if you want to kind of unfold it is um will ferrell and rachel mcadams are young children lars and secret and they see eurovision song contest from like, probably when they were probably what six or seven something or six, like maybe? that it's the one that abba is on which i didn't know that they that's how they got launched at all before doing a little bit yeah, of research uh they won with uh, waterloo which before this movie i had no idea what eurovision even is thoughts on abba dude i love abba i do too abba's good. love abba uh what's your favorite abba song if you had the name one honestly dancing, you can't say dancing queen no i'll say i probably would have said waterloo uh i mean mama mia is good i've actually not seen the movie Mamma Mia. Um, it's I think, great. I think it's like great. everybody had a family member who had Abba Gold, right? Like someone in your extended circle had that CD I think my mom or, had the or... vinyl of Abba Gold. That's pretty badass. If I had to name my favorite Abba song, I, I think it'd probably be SOS. That's Abba, right? I don't know. It's playing in the background right now. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Rachel McAdams' character, Secret, her, her young self, like she has this whole like not talking thing. Yeah. Right. Which, had she not had some like real deep emotional connection to Will Ferrell, I think the whole movie would have fallen apart because there's like. It's a basically like a Jenny like Forrest relationship, right? Like, why would she? Spend why are her you time? with him? Yeah, like he's he's kind of a loser in this movie, and she's actually like clearly really talented. Like, even from the first, is it Volcano Man the first song that we get when they yeah. flash forward? Yeah, dude, even from that opening jump, Volcano Man, like you can just tell like she's the she's the pipes, and he's kind of making those ha 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 noises. <laughs> That's kind of like the dynamic. Volcano Man, but. Uh... Yeah, they're kind of like these misfits of town. Well, just Will Ferrell, really. And his aim his entire life is to get into Eurovision Song Contest and win it. And what I think is some of the funniest shit in the world is kind of the politics of this movie, which is Iceland is gunning hard to win Eurovision Song Contest so they can host it the following year. And Demi Lovato is, I mean, she's it. She is going to go in there and she's going to win. And like, there's like this shady banker character who (laughs) thinks that um, Iceland doesn't have the infrastructure to even hold such an event. So he wants them to lose in the worst way. So like, first of all, I'm going to pull a Josh and say, this guy is actually the good guy of the movie. He's trying not to destroy (laughs) Iceland's economy. economy of Iceland. Yeah. Like it's like, you see those studies about how like cities that host the Olympics actually kind of get fucked over from it. Like this is a town of like, like you said, like 2000 people, 20,000, 2300 people. They cannot host Eurovision 2021. It's going to be a, an absolute disaster. Okay. I wasn't a big, a fan of this part though. I, I know you liked it. My, to me, my wheelhouse is Rachel McAdams, like the emotional story. Oh yeah. That she's on. This movie just gets a little bit too much extra when you have dead dead Demi Lovato coming back from the grave to like haunt Will Ferrell. Yeah, how we even get there? I mean, this movie does have a lot of fat on it. It's a lot. It's a two-hour movie, and it's a two-hour comedy. And also, okay, can we jump ahead a little bit to like Eurovision the performances? So, I'm sure there's some like Easter eggs in the performances as far as who's performing. My biggest gripe was that. I just wish they were either longer or shorter. You know what I mean? The clips they showed of the other performances, like they're in this weird a minute 45 to, to three minute segment, but you don't hear the beginning or the end of any of the songs. Like, do, do you know what I'm talking about here? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. They kind of like jump in and out of it. Yeah. Um, that one song I really liked, like that dude dressed like an orc. That was amazing. That song That slept. song was awesome. And then there was also the guy, he looked like a Viking, but like when he sang, he sang kind of like in a real- 21st tr- century Viking. Traditional feminine. Yeah, 21st century Viking was the song. That was amazing too. Like those were both so good. Like, you know, typically a musical will have, it's not a Disney movie, like a real musical will be a little bit longer, like usually plus two hours because you have to make time- for all the songs like yeah i would rather let's trim away the plot of uh, the icelandic economy let's trim away the dead <laughs> demi lovato and let's just spend more time in the performances yeah i mean i guess the only way you even get them to eurovision though is kind of that economy plot yeah because the bad guy <laughs> okay so will ferrell and rachel mcadams have this awful performance like to even to even like go to eurovision 
Uh, they have this horrible performance. Their lives are, are he's, Lars's life is over. And they're supposed to have this party on a boat. Lars is sulking. He wants no part of it. And the boat with every performer that Iceland has possible blows up. And you kind of have that funny cutaway of like rules are rules where the only band left alive that was even nominated for Eurovision, um, no matter how terrible they are, is Fire Saga and they have to go. Well, he's just talking shit about Fire Saga. He's like, they're, they're the right absolute there. worst. And then the camera just pans over. He's like, but we're in the contest. That was pretty funny. It's definitely a way to get like them there. Yeah. Like, certainly. But I'm with you, though. The <sighs> I definitely have my actors and actresses where it's like, if they're in a movie, I'm going to go see it no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to add Rachel McAdams to that list. Dude, she's she amazing in this movie. so good. Everything she's been in lately, she is so good. Birthday, right around the same time of year as mine. Uh, just a couple of days off there, which is cool. What's your favorite uh, Rachel McAdams movie? Oh, man. Um, I thought she was hilarious in Game Night. Oh, uh, you took mine. I was going to say Game Night. Game Night is the first thing I think of. And like she's normally like, she's been in as many dramatic roles, right? Basically, as Did, funny ones. Do you remember the first... This is gonna sound. This is how crazy my memory works. Do you, you and I went and saw? I think Rachel McAdams' debut movie together when we were younger. Do you remember what it is? Uh, I'm not gonna look. Is it? Is it Ali? Not Ali G. Um, am I on the right track? Is it that guy? Uh, <sighs> no. Okay, what was it? Rob Schneider's The Hot Chick. Holy shit! We did see that together. <laughs> <laughs> You and I saw that on my, I think it was on my birthday, to be honest with you. Good for her. Um, yeah, awesome for her. But I also love from the notebook because I'm a big softie for romantic movies. Uh, yeah, love Rachel. Oh, also, have you seen that movie with her and um, Dumal Gleason, Gleason? Um, About Time, I think it is, where he can like time hop? Oh, I, I feel like I've heard like very polarizing opinions on that. No, no, no. That's just a good movie, dude. It is a Watch good movie? that movie. Okay. Yeah, but to get back to this, um, I didn't much care for this part, even though I love Dan Stevens, and I thought the character <laughs> of Alexander Lemtoff was hilarious. Yeah. Like, did you kind of like his like meddlesome character between the two? Okay, there's a lot to talk about here. Uh, first of all, we should mention for a long time, by far our most played episode was your and I's review of the remake of Beauty and the Beast. Th- that song he sings in there, he just slays. He slays it. Which, yeah, I, I like I like Dan Stevens just fine. Um, his character, he's got like a real rapey vibe that he's putting out, <laughs> but then it's he turns out to be gay. Which is kind of, kind of weird. I mean, like, I, I think the movie's trying to make him sympathetic and like when you rewatch it right like some of the things that happen like at the party where he's uh like taking rachel mcadams away uh and then will ferrell is drinking with some other singer mita Mita? yeah yeah like then you kind of realize that like you know it wasn't exactly what you were thinking at the beginning but i'm with you he wasn't my favorite part of the movie wasn't my favorite part of the movie but that song, Lion of Love, is the, one of the most single, ridiculous songs I have ever heard. And I loved every minute of it. He's singing about, like, looking at gazelles and stuff. It's pretty outlandish. But it doesn't seem like... It seems pretty authentic to Eurovision, right? Like, I feel like that's the kind of thing that they really get. So I watched every Eurovision song from England, Germany, and Sweden today. And it's pretty on par. Yeah. 
Like it, it, it's pretty on par. But speaking of outrageous songs, I hate to like jump around like no, this. Yeah, I love it. Olaf and Yaya Ding Dong is such a funny sequence in this movie. I think it, like it, I wouldn't say it sets a tone, but it comes on so early and it's so funny to me. There's never enough. I only listen to Yaya Ding Dong. It's, <laughs> it's never enough. It's never enough. It's so great too that he, I love how he does bring it back at the end of the movie. That that was like probably the single line that made me laugh the hardest from this movie. <laughs> I mean, it's like even like laughing now just thinking about it, and it, it makes sense. Like you know, I'm sure bands get stuck in that groove of where you, like, you have to play uh, a song over and over again. And like when you're in that bar in Iceland, like I know you've been in bars with like mostly old people at like mostly old people celebrations like old time wreck like a polish like old time celebration yeah exactly and it's like that's the exact vibe in those places you know what i mean there's a couple of shots of the people and they just look miserable they just (laughs) look miserable to even be in the establishment but they're listening to the music just (laughs) stone face listening to the music of fire saga and the only thing that makes them happy is hearing Ya Ya Ding Dong. Just play Ya yeah, like as soon as Ya Ya Ding Dong comes on, they all like get up. And they, they just dancing. come alive. They just come alive. And the lyrics of that song are so ridiculous too. So I'll give Will Ferrell credit. I, I do like that he's singing in this movie quite a bit. You know what I mean? I, I, I really respect He's got a good voice. Um, not that, it, yeah, he, he's got a good voice. Uh, he's... His character is supposed to be the least talented singer, and they got someone to like dub Rachel McAdams, right? I wouldn't say just someone. Like she has to be one of the most amazing voices I've ever heard. Is she? Do you know what her what her name is? Is she? Uh, hold on, it's my Marianne. Let's see, my Marianne Singer. Let me pull up to Google here. Ba, 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 ba. Molly Sandin, but there's like an Ausento over the E, so I don't know how that's pronounced. Molly Sandin. Molly Sandin, is that it? Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, she's she's great, and it works as Will Ferrell's character to be a little shitty, which I I commend him for, you know what I mean? He's not a singer, but it's it's cool that he does it. Yeah, it's cool that he does it, and I mean, once you kind of get past, like, I guess you could say the the meddlesome character of Alexander Lemtov, you (laughs) kind of get into the meat and bones of the Eurovision contest. Wait, which so Graham... what, what bothered you about Alexander Lemtov that didn't bother you about the meddlesome uh, city council member? Like, why? Where's the lineup? What bothered you about uh, Dan Stevens? Well, I thought there was more of a payoff with the city council member with the There's elves. There's a great payoff with the city council that, member and the elves. The door closing so quickly <laughs> made me laugh so hard. Like, I, I thought that was just the most wild payoff possible. I mean, you gotta, you gotta admit, the payoff was better with the councilman than it was with Dan Stevens, right? You know what it reminded me of? Remember that movie? We did, like, a long time ago, listeners, a podcast on Troll Hunter. Um, Troll! Troll! I think it was, like, probably in our first 150 episodes-ish. I, I want to say it was in the episode of the 70s. I feel like there haven't there have been so few podcasts on it. If you search for Troll Hunter on Apple Podcasts, you'll find it. But, like, I, I do like how it seems to be a thing of, like, nordic countries like you know the descendants of vikings are still kind of like mystical and like the whole elf <laughs> thing was cool i love how she's like giving them whiskey and like food and stuff it's a cute little subplot and she comes back to the elves too a lot she does come like, back a when, lot when the boats uh blow when the boat blows up she curses the elves the elves went too far the elves went too far and then 
when they have that historical f up uh, with their first live song at Eurovision. Oh God. She goes back to the elves as well. A little over the top for me, the hamster wheel. A little over the top, but Graham Norton is was awesome on this. Yeah, he was. Like, just his commentary, not as good as, like, Fred Willard from um, Best in Show or anything like that, but he was really funny. But I did like how strong that performance started and just how off the rails it went and how there's a juxtaposition of... Pierce Brosnan going from so happy to so sad in that bar was just gut wrenching. <laughs> it's just the absolute worst. And like, yeah, just when you think they're getting a little respect. Uh, and and it, here's my thing about Will Ferrell's character in this, though, like why he kind of annoys me is, you know, one, he's not the as talented one. Two, he's always the one who's like sl- sulking off and just being a big man child baby. Yeah. But three, why is he like making the costume changes at the last minute? Like, <laughs> That the accident she gets in, like I, I guess you're supposed to laugh because it's slapstick comedy, but like you could s- see someone like dying from that, <laughs> for, like for real, like really easily, like it's really scary actually. <laughs> That's all on him, and then he pouts off like a big baby after it. It's just he's so irredeemable in that moment. I would agree, he's irredeemable. She's there crying, um, and she has to go on national, probably international TV. <laughs> <laughs> to to face her zero votes that she thinks she's gonna get, and he can't even like go with her. And this is all his thing. It's so mean. And then he goes, "You're being really selfish right now," <laughs> which is funny when I say it out loud. But it just, I oh my god, it just annoyed me so much. I mean, so it takes two hours for Will Ferrell's character to really get redeemed. Yeah. But um, did you know anything about Eurovision before this movie? So I was studying abroad in the Netherlands, and I remember seeing it on a TV. Really? And I remember being like, that shit looks weird. (laughs) Just like, you know, turned away from the TV or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't, like, process it. But I knew absolutely nothing about the the song contest itself. It's huge, though. I mean, it, it gets a ginormous, ginormous ratings number. I think it's, like, bigger than the Super Bowl as far as numbers. Is it really? Let me let me Google that real quick. What did you know okay, about Eurovision? Okay, so I knew nothing of it, and I watched this movie twice, and I finally got the voting down. Okay, so from watching all the videos I watched today, I think it's either the top 20 or the top 26 get like international Eurovision like seen live. Hmm. And then, actually, no, I, can't, I mean... I think it's type 20, maybe, maybe type 26. I can't remember which one it is. So each country can't vote for themselves, but they get three votes, an eight-point vote, a 10-point vote, and a 12-point vote. It's kind of like bronze, silver, gold to whatever countries they see fit. And then I think it's like what it was, the top eight countries move on. Is that right? That sounds about right. I was a little disappointed that Will Ferrell just kind of lampoons their chances of winning at all by changing the song. Like if they would have just gone. I love that. It works. I guess. I don't know. I I get kind of mad because I feel like she's so good. Like if she could have just, I I, I guess I get that she would have been disqualified that she would have, if she could have just sang her song. And that's another thing too, is that it has to be a wholly original song. I think so. Uh, It has to be a wholly original song. And is it just amateurs or can professional people enter too? I think, I don't know. So here's 
In 2019, the... Chiefs versus the Super Bowl had 99.9 million viewers, according to routers on the Fox network. Uh, the 2019 Eurovision Song Contest drew 182 million oh viewers. Oh, my Lanta. So nearly twice as big as the Super Bowl. I love that song at the end, Husevic. <sighs> I so thought good. it was just Play the again. coolest thing in the world. Um, honestly, gave me chills. I mean, they kind of... Rachel McAdams' character is somewhat processing it throughout the movie. Um, And she also drops an Easter egg, you know, I really want to sing Icelandic, I really want to sing Icelandic. And my God, that singer, she starts busting out the notes in Icelandic, man. I hate the line. She's singing in Icelandic. I can't believe that you loved it. I loved it. Wow. Loved it. What? Loved it. I hate it because it cuts away from the amazing song. And like, I, I promise movie I'm watching and I'm paying attention. And I heard her say like a million times that she wanted to sing an Icelandic. Like I get the moment. I don't need that, that smiling shithead to like point at the TV (laughs) and tell me what's happening. (laughs) Okay. You're right. That line didn't need to be in okay, there. Okay, thank you. It didn't need to be in there, but it gets you kind of pumped when dude at the bar is like, there are kind of awful. Let's drink our medicine. Yeah. And like, I love the part when it's not the same guy, but he's like, she's seeing Icelandic. And then it cuts to, um, he's a guy from the Meg. I cannot pronounce his name correctly. I think it's Olafur Dari Olafsson. Okay. He's like the big heavy set dude mm-hmm. with the beard. He's like the mayor of the town or something. Like yeah, he charge. looks to be in charge. Yeah. Um yeah, but he looks so happy when she's watching her sing. Oh yeah. Like I don't know. Everyone in that room gets so excited. Everyone in the bar is super pumped. I think it gave the movie a lot of heart instead of them singing like double trouble mm-hmm. again, but like maybe changing it a little. I don't know. I love this song. Can we uh we have a little bit of time. Can I can I juxtapose this next to another movie that we've spoiled, and maybe we can compare and contrast a little bit? Sure. Uh, Brigsby Bear. Brigsby <sighs> Bear. Same kind of tone, generally. Uh, same. Yep. Delusional. Same kind of yeah. Same kind of delusion. Same kind of like big emotional ending. Uh, I I was literally moved to tears in Brigsby Bear. I, I said this I cried me, in Brigsby Bear. Yeah. Cried this, hard. This gave me goosebumps. I would say the only difference. Being is that this movie is a little bit more cynical, and I think the big emotional moment at the end suffers a little bit for that. Would you agree? Just kind of comparing the two. This movie is a little bit more cynical. Um, Part of me almost wishes they ended the movie with like them kissing on stage. Yeah, that would have been a big good end. Or him just saying like, I see you. And she's like, I'm checking you out. Cause that's like the other gag of the movie mm-hmm. is Will Ferrell refuses to kiss the hottest chicken all to all of town. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> cause it would, it would hurt the band like Seaman and Garfunkel. <laughs> Forgot about Seaman. <laughs> Forgot about Seaman and Garfunkel. But yeah, um, I, was definitely on the edge of my seat more in Brigsby Bear for the simple fact that, like, the main character of that movie was wrestling with the emotion, with the emotional idea of, I know I love this, but what if everyone doesn't love this as much as I do? 
You know yeah, what I mean? That's a big it was one. Like, it was like the this big fear he had of, you know, I want the world to love this as much as I do. And what if they reject it? Mm-hmm. Which this ending, I mean, the song was amazing, but it was a little more, I guess you could say, kind of like slapped together. Even though there was breadcrumbs throughout the movie that tied it. Mm-hmm. Um, I did love the ending, though, with Will Ferrell holding that baby with the headphones. Oh, that was hilarious. And the little, like, romper thing while he sings on screen, or while he sings on stage, he, like, berates the Arizona State students (laughs) (laughs) in the movie, which is hilarious. And, uh, okay, we have to talk about the parents. So, their parents get married, right? That's what they're singing (laughs) at? (laughs) Yeah. So, the kids has... One set of grandparents, basically, is what that would be like, right? Growing up? Just- yeah, in theory, you're correct. That's uh, funny. It, it is funny. I, I like that. It is funny. The other running gag was, she's not my sister. Right, probably. that's the whole thing. And then they become like stepsisters, but it's older. So yeah, it's not as weird, I guess. But It's like, totally it'll, cool. It'll never not be weird, is what they say. Yeah. Uh, you got anything else to add? Nah, not really. Um, I don't know. Do you think, I, I guess, like, if the Oscars stand, this is a lock for song, right? Like, we when we make these predictions, listeners, if you're new to the podcast, we're almost always right if we really, really say something's <laughs> going to happen. And I think this is really, really going to happen, don't you? Nomination for, uh, what's the song name? Hayavik? Uh, Husevik? Husevik? Yeah. Husevik. Um, yeah, I... I think that... Write it down. Write down Husevik is going to win Best Original Song of the Year. Um, I don't think it's close. <laughs> Man, if only I, we had potted on Parasite last year when I said this is going to win Best Picture, I'm telling you. You have called You've called the upset Best Picture win two years in a row. So no two one can years, take that away from remember you. Remember when everybody on called pod. me crazy for saying Green Book is going to win? On pod. I was like... Stevie has the receipts. On pod... Will Ferrell, if they give it to the singer, Will Ferrell wins Best Original Song of the Year, even though he didn't write it. The only other thing that I had is that they, the only reason I'm glad that the movie does carry on a little bit is they play a little bit from the band. I think it's Sugar Rose. Is that how you say it? Sugar Rose? Oh, yeah. Yep. Icelandic band. Listened to a lot of them in college. So that was cool. That's all I got. Very cool. Well, Pap, I will throw it to you. <sighs> My favorite part of Stevie Pap episodes usually. Give me a yes or no on Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Faya Saga. We disagreed on The Lodge, right? Was that the last one we did? I gave it a I no. Or I gave it a yes? It, you gave it a no? I gave it a no on the simple fact that there were no payoffs. You gave it a yes for the stylistic viewpoints. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we're gonna disagree this week because I'm gonna give it a yes. Uh, Solid. It's a it's a yes. Yeah. It's a. I mean, it's hard to also if you're listening to this in the future, it's just impossible to strip away the circumstances that we're living in and the lack of media and there's no sports and there's no movies and there's no summer blockbuster season. Maybe I'm just hard up for a movie in that respect, but. Stevie is right. This hits on like all of the things that I really like. Like I love movies that are set in this part of the world. <laughs> I love movies about the music industry. I love movies that have that kind of big emotional performance at the end that fixes everything. I'm totally cool with that. I don't care how bad the problems are. You can fix it in a song. So this is right up my alley. Uh, 
yes for me. Uh, there, there are some regrets that I have watching this, and that I think it could have been a little bit better if there was a little bit less Will Ferrell being man baby Will Ferrell and a little bit more of Rachel McAdams' story because yes. she's just so amazing in this. But I enjoyed it. Uh, look forward to learning more about Eurovision in the future. Uh, yes for me. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I like this movie quite a bit. Uh, I thought it had a lot of heart by the end. Um, Pierce Brosnan was hilarious. Will Ferrell was really was really funny. Rachel McAdams now makes the list of if she's in a movie, I have to see it. She's made it, Pat. I love it. She's made that hollowed, small, tiny list of if they're in a movie, I have to see it. She's there. So there you go. Um, very funny movie. As I said, Husevic. I know you're probably listening to the song right now, but if you haven't seen this movie, watch it. It really wraps a bow on the entire movie. It's awesome. Rachel McAdams. So many thumbs up. Really funny movie. Highly recommend. Uh, if this went to theaters, I would say wait for it. But since we're on Netflix, watch it immediately. Great movie. Uh, Pap, what is coming? I mean, I have to imagine this movie's going to get released pretty soon. What's yeah. coming down the line? We will have just put out 300, uh, that episode. I think you have a Hamilton episode to look forward to. Uh, and then Source Code uh, from you. And, Ooh. I, and then I also want to shout out uh, the one that Josh dropped a little bit ago, the Lord of the Rings 70s one. That's also on our Lord of the Rings feed. So we have a whole separate feed just for the Lord of the Rings movies. We'll do another in-depth one on Two Towers soon. I promise we hear you listeners. We'll do it soon. But yeah, look for that. And then uh, It's Pat also came out recently uh, from host Corey. Oh, Bubba. So yeah, if you want to hear a funny podcast about the worst movie ever made, <laughs> check that out. But more fun to come, I'm sure. I hope we'll do another Stevie Pappy episode soon. Oh, most certainly. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. It's always a blast. We could do these short, you know, short episodes, these brand new movies. Um... Listen to our future episodes also. We love when people interact with us. Hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, DM us. If there's a movie you want us to review, whether it's just a Stevie Pappy episode or a whole group when you get Brett, Josh, Jordan, Kylo, Mikey, and the gang, let us know. We'll do it. We'll take a week off from our normal game and do yours first. Fans of the priority, we love you all. That was Spoilers. It used to be so nice, it used to be so good. So when you near me, darling, can't you hear me? It's Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. That was spoilers.